ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to paint you. He will carry you through. Kind evil companions, valid to stay. God's name hold in reverence, nor take it in vain. Be thoughtful and earnest, kind-hearted and true. Look ever to Jesus, He'll carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you, He will carry you through. To Him that will come, God giveth a crown. cast down. He who is our Savior, our strength will renew. Look ever to Jesus, He'll carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you
blessed time it's already been to be in the house of the Lord. Great Sunday school hour. We thank the Lord for that. Enjoy watching our young people as they sing and bring praise to the Lord. What a blessing it is to see this choir loft plum full of our children. We have others that are still in, in arms that one day they'll be up here with them. We thank the Lord for it though and praise God for all His blessings upon this church family. At this time, we're going to get ready to go to the Lord in prayer once again as we ask God's blessing upon our speaker. Brother Sukharab, we pray the Lord will bless him, give him understanding of everything that he's saying, and just pray the Lord would just give him a, the deliverance that the Holy Spirit's power and presence is known in this house today. Brother, Brother Sukharab is going to give us a, a little bit about the work and about the, the support and that is going there, and then he's going to be bringing us the Word of God. But it is good to have him back with us. We thank the Lord uh, for that, and what a privilege it is to have you in our church family once again. We just pray God will continue to bless. This time, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessing upon the remainder of this service. May the Lord truly be with us in a special way. Brother Dalton, could you do that for us, please? Brother, you come and give us what the Lord's laid on your heart. Pleasant good morning to each one of you here. It's a privilege. It's a blessing. And I hope I can get this thing to work here. Because it helps my eyes. The reason why I preach out of a computer, I have macular degeneration in both eyes. And... Um, I'm slowly going there, but by the Lord's grace, I can still use a computer to be a help, you know. Uh, technology has been great to me, and I'm thankful to the, God, the Lord for that. Um, it's been so long since I've been in this church, I even forgot. It's been more than two decades. And I'm trying to remember if it's Brother Brig Grigsby who brought me here. But anyhow, it's been a long while, but God always has good things waiting for those whom he has called into the ministry, and he called me a long while ago, and I'm thankful to God to be blessed. It is truly an honor and a blessing to be in this church this morning. I love what I see. It, it, one of the biggest discouragements that I've had in my life as a preacher when I come to the States is to see what is happening in our churches today. It's a, it, it, it's a great source of discouragement, but I am thankful to God that... Man, this gives me hope. Amen. This gives me hope. And I'm, I'm glad to see every single one of you, every baby. I prefer hear babies crying than old people snoring. <laughs> you know? So, it's good, it's, good, it's good to have these little kids. You know, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they get old, they won't depart from it. So it is a blessing. Some of you, I'm sure, some of you, uh, so young that you wouldn't know me at all, but my name is Samaru Sakraj, 
My name tells me I was born on a Monday. Samar means Monday. And Sukraj, my surname, says that I'm the king of happiness. Because Raj means king and Suk means happiness. So this is the king of happiness who was born on a Monday here. Right? So I'm thankful to God for, uh, you know, being with you all once more. And... Um, <clears throat> Meeting Brother John and his dear wife up at the conference at Gladwin there. And Lord has blessed and I'm thankful for that. I want to thank you for every part you have had in my ministry. I have been a missionary 43 years now. And it's been a long while since I've ever come to the States on deputation. Whenever I come, I come to go to the doctor. But um, my purpose for being in the States mainly is... I know I'm not a young man any longer, and pretty soon the Lord may call me home uh, with my eyes and all these things that are happening. I may not be able to carry on in my ministry. But I've been praying that the Lord would provide continuity in my ministry. I, I don't want to see my ministry just falling apart, you know. And um, the Lord placed a young man in the church. His name is Christopher Paul. And if anyone has been looking at my my Facebook page, you might see Christopher preaching ever so often. But he is a young man in his early 30s. He has a wife and three children. About two years ago, he was in a major accident that caused him great anguish. I mean, he, he, he was certified as being 80% disabled. But his mind is very active. He, he, can, he can do everything that needs to be done if he has to pass to the church. In my absence, well, it's been almost a month now, he's been carrying on holding the fort there back in Trinidad. So, seeing that he, he is very much involved in the church, and I know that he's having financial hardships. He lives in a house that is about 16 feet wide by about 20 feet long. That is with a wife and three children. And um, I decided to take it upon myself for my support I started giving him $100 a month, which doesn't reach far. And uh, so far, I have been trying to raise some support for him. So far, Big Creek Baptist Church, they have, they have actually given $200 more a month now. They give me $100 a month, and they decided to add it to my support of $200 a month. So that $200, they told me to take it and do whatever I want with it. But I know there's a need for Christopher, and I put it towards Christopher. So right now, Christopher is he's living on $300 a month. And I am asking for you all to consider it, if the Lord would lead you in any way to help. You know, just um, he's worthy of that help. And um, I'm praying that God will supply the need there, because he, he, really, needs that, he really needs that support. You know, so y'all pray about it. As to the ministry, the ministry, the Lord has been blessing us also uh, in the last four months. Now, I, I am a missionary who do not use any gimmicks. I, I do not try to get people to come to the altar to surrender their, their lives to Christ. I, I don't fool anybody. I preach the word, Amen. and I trust the Holy Spirit to do his work. Amen. I trust that he will save in the fullness of time. He does it. Right. So 
you would find that I may not be giving reports with, you know, a huge amount of people getting saved. I don't believe people get saved also. I believe the Lord saves people, you know. So, and there's a difference, you know. If you got saved, you say, I got saved. You put the onus upon myself, I got saved. When I say the Lord saved me, he gets the glory out of it. It's a different thing. But um, we have had like four new members in the last four months, which is marvelous growth in the islands. You know, and um, we go out in the sea. I have a few pictures on my laptop here that um, it's like a small slideshow. Afterwards, I can show it to you if you're, you're interested. You see how the, the, the building was built up, the new church building that we started that building in October of 2021. And by March of 2022, by the Lord's grace, that building was completed. It's not a huge building, but it, it's there to do what we wanted to do. It's satisfactory. 40 by 40. And um, it's there. And I have pictures of these building, the building, the progress on the building, how we worked on it and all these sort of things. And I have a few pictures about our baptism, what it is like and... So for it's there. So afterwards, if you want, I can show you that slide. And um, if you have any questions, as Brother John said, you you want to ask me anything, anything, I'd be more than willing to try to answer your, your questions. Of course, I know I wouldn't be able to answer everyone because all secret things belong to God. <laughs> I don't know everything. But anyhow, this morning I want to talk on a subject that is very very necessary. We may tend to think that uh, that we have our church members, and as I was hearing this morning, sometimes we think that people are saved, and they may not be saved. So the message is always relevant. It's found in John chapter 3. Would you please turn your Bibles to John chapter 3? And I'll be reading from verse 1. My subject this morning is the new birth. An absolute necessity. In John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit his spirit. Marvel not, I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, thou hearest a sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Our Father, we bless your most holy name. And we thank you, O God, for the blessings we have had so far this morning, Lord. Father, we thank you, God, for your blessed Holy Spirit, who is so active, Lord, in the lives of your people, who is so active, Lord, 
in saving souls, Lord. We thank you for him, O God. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, your blessing upon each person in this church building, O God. I pray for them, O God, if there be any unsaved amongst them, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that he will save their souls, that it would be pleasing to you, O God. My Father and my God, I pray for the brethren, Lord, many of them, O God, who we know are suffering terrible times, God. I pray for their needs, Lord. Father and God, the many families, Lord, recently, the Chadwicks, O God, who are grieving at the loss of the love one, O God, I pray, Lord. Your word tells us precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints, O Lord. And there could be no greater blessing than to know that our loved ones have departed this life to be with you, Lord. Bless us, O God. Bless your word this morning. Use your word to bring conviction to the hearts of your people, Lord. May thine will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This event that is mentioned here only by John, it reveals a man in search of some sort of spiritual truth. Nicodemus was one of those who had been impressed by Jesus' signs, and he was a member of the ruling Sanhedrin, as we know. It, the portion of scripture we can gather from it that Nicodemus was a religious man because he was a Pharisee, he was educated also because his name seemed to have indicated that he had taken upon himself to have a, a Greek name, Nicodemus, which showed that he had some education also. Bible tells us he was influential as a ruler. And he was earnest enough to come to Jesus by night. Now many have, many have tried to make sense of why he came at night, but that is no problem to me. I, I, I don't worry about that. Right? But he came to Jesus as a representative of all men. And in a sense, while he seemed to have represented what is highest and best in men, that was not enough. For Christ said unto him, you must be born again. Amen. That is the bottom line. You must be born again. Amen. And so we find that Nicodemus was taught the doctrine of the new birth. You would find that John chapter 3 might be the most preached scripture from the word. You would find the well-known preacher to the obscure preacher. We all preach it. And it should be preached. Because when it is preached right, it reveals the frailty of human goodness in the matter of salvation. And it presents to us the mercy of God in providing a spirit-quickening salvation. It is totally... Most of the preaching you hear on John 3.16 and John, John 1, and most of the preaching you hear from this chapter here, it, it is purely from an Armenian view, and it doesn't bring justice to God's mercy. And um, this message preached in its right way, is, it is the most needed message in this world. Because we see the moral and the spiritual decay in our world, in our countries. I mean, what is happening? You turn on the television today and you get sick to your stomach when you look at the news. And uh, America, we were talking, America is supposed to be the greatest nation in the world. Yet when you see what is happening on your streets, I mean, people are just following 
lead us blindly and causing chaos in this country. They don't know how, how great they have it here in this country, you know. That's why young people, I am so impressed when I saw all these young people here in this church. Because most of them are like, they're following blind leaders and they're just doing things that are so contrary to the way of God. And this message about being born again is most needed. But sometimes we find that, sometimes we find that people today are not very caring about whether people hear the gospel or not, especially in our Sovereign Grace Baptist Church too. We are seeing it in the Sovereign Grace Baptist Churches where we believe on election so much, and I believe on election, but election is not only for us to sit in our churches and believe it. Election is for us to go out with that word too, as your brother was saying. Go out with the word. God has ordained the means of those people being saved. While he has elected, he has also ordained the means. And the means is to those he gave the great commission to. That is us. You know, so this, this is a very important message this morning. It tells of the absolute necessity of the new birth, without which no man can see the face of God in peace. Jesus made it plain that the first birth does not assure him of being in the kingdom of God. Only being born again gives this assurance. So first of all, I want to share with you that the new birth is required. It is an absolute necessity. Why? Because without the new birth, you cannot ever enter into the kingdom of heaven. You cannot go to heaven. You may read all about it, you may enjoy, you may sing all about it when we all get to heaven. But you are not going to heaven unless you are born again. It's an absolute necessity. Jesus answered and said unto him in John 3, 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And this is the most fundamental reason for the new birth. God tells us that in his word, that there are two destinies. And not being born again or being born again will determine whether you spend eternity in hell or whether you spend eternity in heaven. Right. Everybody has everlasting life. Some in hell and the others in heaven. Hell is real, beloved. Amen. A lot of preachers today are neglecting to preach about hell. But hell is real. There is a burning hell that people will be in. And I don't take any pleasure in saying this. But there is a burning hell that even it might be your loved ones. It might be the one who lays in your bosom. They will die and go to hell. Hell is real because we find that Jesus preached about it, talked about it 17 times. And there are other times in the Old Testament we find 31 times. And so too is heaven. We like to believe in heaven. Oh, life is wonderful if we get to heaven. The only way you can get to heaven is by being born again. Amen. The unsaved into hell and the saved into heaven. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Jesus talked about it. 
And even though it was mentioned once in the Bible, I believe it, it will be true. The Bible is God's word. God doesn't lie to us. The word of God is true. Every single word of it. Amen. So there is a real hell. And there's also a real heaven that we can, if you're born again, you can look, dying would be a blessing for me. Let me tell you something. I am 73 years old. And my body aches all the time. All the time my body aches. Dying would be a blessing for me. You know why? Because I know I have been born again. In 1979, June, the Lord, his Holy Spirit came unto me, quickened me, and I am born again. I have new life. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe that with all my heart. Beloved, doesn't matter how old you might be, how young or old, you know, sometimes we tend to feel that. But um, I'm not trying to scare anybody about anything here, you know. I want to encourage you, though, that you must be born again. Otherwise, you will definitely go to hell if you're not. And if you're, if you're born again, you will go to heaven. Why is the new birth an absolute necessity? Because the first birth is corrupt. The present state of man, when you consider it. Now, Nicodemus is a good example here. Because he was educated, he was a ruler, he had influence. He, I mean, he, was, he, he represented what this human race is like, what we look up to. Right? But bear in mind that if you think that your position in life will determine your fitness for receiving the new birth, Nicodemus didn't receive it. Jesus told him he must be born again. So your position in life is not going to determine whether you are fit for receiving the new birth or not. We find that Nicodemus was a man of proper morals. His educational background. In spite of his elevated standing in his community, Jesus said, you must be born again. So it doesn't matter who you are. You must be born again. Every single one of us. Nicodemus showed respect unto the Lord. We may come here and we may sing the songs of Zion. We might, we might enjoy the songs, singing all these beautiful hymns and all these things. But unless you're born again, that singing those hymns mean nothing. You will die and go to hell still. Beloved brethren, my heart breaks when I see people. You know, you, you, you try, you do everything you can to share the word of God with them. And they reject it. Even within every church has unsaved people in it. Huh? Every church has unsaved people. And this message is to someone here this morning. Who is unsaved and who need to be born again. <coughs> the people you associated with will not determine your fitness for receiving the new birth. Your scholarly attributes will not determine your fitness for, for receiving it. Your state of morality will not determine your fitness for receiving it. You know, I, I, I have a lot of good friends who are Hindus. I have a lot of good friends who are Muslims. Many of them, they live what we would consider to be very respectable lives. But they would die and go to hell one day. They would die and go to hell. I've spoken to some. But you can, that's all you can do. Share the word. So we'd find that in spite of Proper morals, in spite of educational background, in spite of 
the position we behold in the community, if you might be one of these, then you must be born again. Like for every unsafe person, the new birth is an absolute necessity. But you know, Nicodemus did not know that. Why? Because he was yet in his first birth. He was in a state of spiritual deadness. Not just spiritual deadness, but he was in a state of spiritual darkness. Right. As, we, as, we, as we, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 it says that, And you had he quickened, which were dead in trespasses and sin. And that is what the unsaved person is like. They are dead in trespasses and sins. Right. So they couldn't, he couldn't understand. So then, how could a man be born again? Beloved brethren, the new birth is received. Bible says, but as many as received him. Right? What we would find, as I have in my notes here that I wrote down, once I had placed this on Facebook, alas, like a baby lying in its mother's womb, in a helpless state of birthing itself, so does the unrepentant sinner lie in his spiritual deadness. Until the grace of God reaches down from heaven and births him into a newness of life. Life, spiritual life that opens the eyes, that unstops the ears, that brings unto the sinner his real condition, his need for repentance and faith. Life comes from God. As the baby would lie in the womb, Helpless to birth itself. It is so too. That is election. Alright. That is God. Dying for his people there. <coughs> but. Excuse me. But. How would they know that? You see. That is what salvation is all about. Grace. The new birth is all of grace. Everything about it is all of grace. It is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saves us by the washing of regeneration. That is what God does. Beloved brethren, the new birth is received. We receive that life from the Holy Spirit of God. And there is an accompanying work that He does in the new believer. But then, how does all of this take place? This takes place through the Spirit of God alone. First, the, the Spirit must give life to that unsaved person. Have you ever noticed in a church service sometimes, a preacher is preaching his heart out. And while he's preaching his heart out there, there are some sitting in the church, they don't care who. They're just flipping through their phone or looking through a book or something. But there are others who sit down with rapt attention. Yeah. Do you know why? Those are the ones that the Spirit is working with. Those are the ones the Spirit of God works with. So you would find it is the Spirit of God. He is the one who would give life to the unsaved, spiritually dead sinner. After which comes a realization of their true condition. John 6.63 says, it is the Spirit that quicket. It is God's Holy Spirit that gives life. Now bear in mind, the action for the new birth 
It is done only by the Spirit of God. It is not, it is not a united work with the Spirit and the individual. <coughs> Excuse me. It is all of Him. Why? And I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to explain this to you. Because of the state of man, He brings the unsaved sinner from spiritual death unto spiritual life. Let the word of God speak. Jesus himself said, when he said in John 3, 5, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. Now, some people think that is baptism. That is not baptism. Right. I, my personal conviction, some people believe it is a word of God also when they go back to Peter, in the epistles of Peter, right? But I, my personal belief, and I could be wrong about it, but this is what I'm convinced of. It is a natural birth. Right. I'm convinced of that, that that birth, that baby... Surrounded in the mother's womb there. It is a natural birth. Alright. He said except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying. You must be. That second birth is of the spirit. Look at verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. A first birth and a second birth. It is a spirit that quickened. John 6.63. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But I especially love John chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest a sound thereof, but canst not tell. You cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. I mean, that nails it down. You're born of the spirit. Now, where, does, where do you see this saying anyway about give your heart to the Lord? Or open your heart and believe in Jesus? It doesn't say that. It says you are born of the Spirit. It is, not, <coughs> it is not a cooperative work, beloved. This is not a work between the, 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 the sinner... And the Spirit, they're working together for that sinner to be born again. It is all of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Beloved brethren, God gives the unsaved sinner even the repentance and the faith that is required of them. In the new birth, we are supposed to tell the congregation when we are preaching that you need to repent and have faith in God to be saved. But where does that come from? Repentance and faith comes from God, beloved. Amen. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? God is the one who opens your heart. God is the one who brings conviction to your soul. Right. When you are sitting there and you know that you are a filthy and a wretched sinner, it is God who is doing that work in you. Right. And it doesn't matter how eloquent your pastor is. It doesn't matter how, how sweet the missionary can talk. It's not them, but in spite of us at times, God saves his people. Amen. 
In the book of Acts chapter 11 and verse 18, when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then had God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. God granted repentance unto the Gentiles. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 and 10, we love to, I mean, we love to quote these verses. And we should because it talks about God, you know, God giving us salvation. For by grace I save through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. Beloved brethren, we find that the Spirit quickens us. After that quickening, we understand who we are. When we understand who we are, repentance and faith is given to... Now all these things take place simultaneously. I'm just trying to put it down in sequence like... So that it can make sense to us. And then we find that the Spirit of God, after giving us life, after God's gift of repentance and faith, how does that, how do we receive that? God says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. He makes us. Now, I am no scholar in Greek or Hebrew or anything, right? But I've done a little bit of studies on my own, right? It says, that verse that says, thy people shall be willing, actually can be translated, thy people shall become volunteers in the day of thy power. They are not going to sit. Let me tell you something. When the Lord saved me in 1979, I am not going to brag about my background. Let's say I wouldn't win any contests, right? I was not, I was not a nice person. But that night, that Tuesday night, when the Spirit of God worked in my heart, all I could have seen was a filthy and a wretched man who needed to be born again. And I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior on that night. And I tell you something, within three weeks, God used me in that church. God used me so tremendously in that church. And then the Lord called me to go out. And within a year, I was preaching. I was teaching Sunday school in six months. All these things. I was ordained as a minister. God, Holy Spirit, did it all inside of me that night. And that is what led me onto this road to being a missionary. Amen. Beloved, the Spirit of God is the active one who works in your heart and brings you to Christ. <coughs> now I want to share a little again about you. You understand how the new birth takes place now. It is all of God, Right? But the third thing I want to share, the new birth is revealed. Nicodemus, like every unsaved person, he was in a state of spiritual deadness and darkness so that he had no recognition of his true state. So in spite of his proper morals, in spite of his educational background, in spite of his elevated standing in his community, he needed to be born again like for every unsaved person. The new birth is an absolute necessity and when it comes, with it also comes the revelation of the condition before the new birth and all of this happens only through the Spirit of God. So let us back up a little bit now. The new birth, the need for it in the unsaved is revealed only through the Spirit bringing the sinner to see his true condition. What then is the true condition of the sinner? What is the true condition? Before his salvation, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 and 5 tells us 
that he's totally dead in sins. You know, sometimes we try to we try to make the dead come alive. Preachers, we beg people to be saved. We we can't make anybody saved. I can't save anybody. You know, we are living in a time of Christianity, and I, I should, I'm using the word Christianity in a wide way now. We are living in a time of Christianity where preachers think they can beg people down their way to be saved. If you make a convert, Brother John, you're going to have to keep that convert. I can't do it either. None of us can rightly do that. But when God makes that convert, it's a good convert. That one will last. God would keep that one. So the unsaved person is spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. Not only that, but they are unwilling to come to God. We can beg them as much as you want. In John 5.40, Jesus says, And you will not come to me that you may have life. You will not come to me. That is a natural condition. Not only that, but they are unable to come. John 6.44, No man can come unto me except the Father draw him. Nobody could come unto Christ. except, And that is what takes place, you know, when salvation is given to you in the pew. It is the Spirit of God who draws you. Yeah? That is what happens. Unable to come to God. Unable to understand the things of God. That is a condition before salvation, right? 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural man receiveth not the things of God. They are foolishness to him. That's why you see some still... Making fun in the church. When preaching is going on, they don't listen. Because they, they're spiritually dead. They're unwilling to come to God. They're unable to come to God. Unable to understand spiritual things. Now, since this is the true condition of the unsaved sinner, what then is the hope? What hope does he ever have of getting to heaven? None. The sinner has no hope. But for the grace of God. But for the grace of God. When, when Saul was on the road to Damascus. I mean he was very zealous about what he was going to do. But then grace came down and captured him. Yeah. Grace captured that man on the road. Just as grace captured me. And just as grace has captured every single one of you who is born again. It is grace that captured you. Salvation is only by the grace of God. And when you understand that. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you. You're previously unsaved. Now the new believer. He understands and receives the revelation of his true condition. His ever present sins and his need for cleansing. And you know what that true believer says then? He may not say it in these words. But like David, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my sins. Take my sins, Lord, and throw them as far as east is from the west. Throw it away, Lord. I am a filthy and a wretched sinner. This is the real me, Lord, and I need to be cleansed. I need for my sins to be removed, Lord. I am a sinner, Lord. Save me, Lord. Just like that man on the cross. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. 
This morning you might be sitting there. If you're not born again, you will die and go to hell. You will die and go to hell. And again I would say, I do not take pleasure in saying this. But this is the word of God. Except a man be born. That word man, sometimes we, we joke around, you know. It's not a man. It's a generic term that means everyone. Everyone. Except a person be born again. They cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. They cannot even see the kingdom of heaven. You will die and go to hell. Do you know what those words would be like? Depart from me, I never knew you. He cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Depart from me, I never knew you. When you know yourself, this is what happens. You're going to beg God to cleanse you. And let me tell you something. If you're saved, if you are saved through the preaching of the gospel, you would never want to sit there in that seat without saying that you're saved. You would have a joy bubbling inside of you that you want to share it. I, you know when good things happen to you, you want to share it with people. And just so, when you, when, you, when you are saved, my neighbors, when I was saved, my neighbors, they were so blessed. This man who is a custom out left, right, and center, this man is a Christian now. He's taking up a Bible and walking and going to church. It was a blessing for them. Not only for me. So beloved, when the new birth is given to you, you understand who you are. When you understand who you are, you depend on God. When we say to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what is that? That is not just believing that Christ existed, you know. That is a transferal of trust. Believing on Christ is a transferal of trust from yourself to the Lord. You know, like, for instance, you have that seat there. You, if I go and sit on that seat, right now I'm standing, so I'm trusting my legs to keep me up. If I go sit there, I transfer trust from my legs to that chair. That chair would be picking up my weight. That is what you do when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You transfer the trust from how good you are to how great he is. That is how it is. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That is a gospel message. And when you are saved, good things happen to you. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. He is in you. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. <clears throat> he makes his abode in you. He confirms to you of your position in Christ. For the spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are, present tense, the children of God. And you don't ever become a child of the devil and become back a child of God. And then become a child of the devil and become a child. Salvation is once and for all. I gave unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father who gave them me is greater than all. And none can pluck them out of my father's hand. Everlasting life is just that. Everlasting life. Amen. That is what the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of you and He confirms these things and He teaches you. He teaches you. Jesus says when He comes, He shall guide you. The Spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth. And I believe that's a progression of truth because everyone learns as they go along in life. It's a progression of truth. 
But that is what the Spirit of God comes in us. And He does great things. He opens our eyes unto our destiny. You know, the Bible says, I had not seen nor ears heard, neither has entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for us. But the very next verse says, But the Spirit of God has revealed it unto us. I have a glimpse of heaven. I have a glimpse of, I mean, I haven't seen much about heaven, but there is a glimpse of heaven in me that I know what is, if that is what I see, I can imagine what the rest would be like. Mansions that glistens on the hills of glory. Happy reunions on streets of pure gold. Oh, what a day that will be. What a day that will be. Beloved brethren, <coughs> excuse me. Because of receiving a new birth, we will say like Jude, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Oh, brother, I am so thankful. When the Spirit of God saves you and you, you come to the end of life, when, the, when, you, when you cross that divide between life and death, and when you are brought into the presence of Almighty God, you will say, you see, I am confident of this very thing, that he who had begun a good work in me, he is able to complete it. Beloved brethren, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you are born again, the Bible says, confess with thy mouth. I believe that we ought, we will never sit quiet if you know you're born again. You will get up and you will talk about Jesus. So I want to encourage you in closing here. The new birth is an absolute necessity, yes. And Jesus died to purchase the salvation of his people. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Isaiah says, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. So Christ died to save his people. He did not die for the world, beloved. He died for his people. And if you this morning are born again, you are one of his. But I ask you, since Christ died to purchase salvation for his people, are you one of his? Have you been quickened by the Holy Spirit of God? Do you see your true condition? If you do, then I would encourage you, look to Jesus Christ. And the only way you can do that is because you're saved, not to be saved. Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to me. This old preacher from the Caribbean, it's been a privilege to be here. Brother John, thank you for this opportunity. God bless you all. Thank the Lord for great message on salvation. Thank the Lord for His goodness. Today, if you're here, maybe the Holy Spirit has spoke to your heart. Maybe it's this moment that you, for the first time, have seen what the Gospel's all about. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit wakens you. You never saw it before, but you may see it right now because of what the Holy Spirit has already done to you. I pray that you will. I pray that you will. Trust in the Word of God because it's true and it's something you can believe in. 
Brother Jim, you come. We'll have a song of invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart, I pray the Lord will make a move in this house even now. Okay, brother.